don't just speak your dreams into existence like to yourself like go tell the world what you want welcome back to another episode of behind the lens with Roger rojas and today we have someone special nick santanastaso he's an entrepreneur bodybuilder model and internet sensation inspirational speaker who has taken the stage with tony robin robbins across the globe and wrote the book that perfectly describes his mindset victim to victor nick thank you so much for coming on the show bro my man i, I wouldn't want to be on any place right now but this place right here <laughs> so i just thought it's great you know we just spoke about it briefly right now that it's serendipitous that uh i was there to record your first ever podcast that you had launched for yours yeah I, you know i wanted you to be my first interviewee that i would post yeah that's so awesome yeah the the uh the roles have been flipped and yeah. this time instead of you uh being behind the camera making the magic happen um yeah. it's your show so i'm great i'm grateful to be here brother thank you so much man for coming on so let's get right into it what is nick doing today yeah sometimes i ask myself like dude what are you doing you do too too much um literally yesterday i i dropped my first music video okay. and um it was, so i dropped my first music video and it's cool because I'm in, so to give context, like music has always been one of my major passions. Like when I was in high school, I was like, I'm going to become American Idol. I'm just going to win it. Then I don't have to work anymore. Like that was just my mindset as a kid. Like I'm re- I was like, I'm ready to take over. Um, and then to be honest, uh, I never made it on American Idol. I tried out for The Voice, like all these things and um, got denied. And, at a, and as a kid, I guess kind of just like, Put, the, put these limiting beliefs in my head of like, oh, you're not good enough. You know, like you thought this was your thing, but it's not your thing. And I kicked that, I kicked that passion way under the rug, bro. Like way under the rug. No one even knew, you know, going, moving forward. No one even knew that I, that I liked to sing or that I liked to rap. But no one knew anything. I, I didn't even know you're, I'm learning something. Right. I didn't even know you tried out for the voice in American Idol. I didn't know that. Yeah, no one knows. Cause I never talked about it. <laughs> it's crazy. And so, yeah, so, you know, thing, things happen, events happen in your life. And sometimes we think, oh, it's, you know, it's not for us. And as I, as I analyze, like, my life now, it's like, Nick, I, I said to myself, I was like, dude, what, when's the last time you stopped when, like, someone said no? And I was like, you know, it was kind of like a breakthrough moment for me. And so I kind of got back into, um, you know, being a little kid. I always, you know, tell people, it's like, if you're trying to if you're trying to bring more positivity or more you know joy into your life, do the things that you love to do as a kid. Like do the things that make time go by. We have no idea time's going by, you know. And so I was like, all right, this this year I'm gonna get into the studio, and no one knows that I'm you know no one knows I'm doing this. And you know maybe I'll write a song and maybe I'll release it. I have no idea. And so in like one night, um, I wrote this whole entire song, and basically it was. It was inspired by one of my buddies, uh, Justin Wren, the big pygmy. Um, He was talking about suicide rates and how they were skyrocketing. And there was just a case, I think it was in Texas, Texas, where like a nine-year-old boy um, was smart enough to tie a noose and hang himself. And like, it just like was like mind blowing to me because um, I think we live, I think the world's hurting. I think we live in a very rough time. I mean, it's an amazing time, but it's also a rough time because of social media is, is an addiction. And like, the comparison epidemic, like people are comparing and stealing their own joy from their life because they're living through others. And so I was like, I need to make, I need to make something happen. And I also realized that, you know, I can only reach a certain amount of people through personal development stages, you know, only a certain amount of people go to these things. And, you know, I'm like, how how can I, how can I broaden or not? How can I broaden? How can I amplify the message? And I was like, music, you know, music moves the masses. I love music. Maybe this is um, my calling to kind of put my, two cents and my perspective into a song and like subconsciously program, you know, people in a positive way. Well, um, and so I wrote this song and I got in the studio and, um, you know, I, it, it's funny cause the first time I recorded it, I was, I was recording in a more aggressive way. It was like a way more aggressive song than what you saw. And then, you know, I found a different beat and just totally switched up the flow and, um, created it. And so I had this finished product of the song and, um, my parents were like, dude, you need to drop the song in September for suicide awareness. Like, it's going to save people. And, and they, like, just kind of threw me out there. I was like, you need to drop this song because I wasn't going to drop it. And uh, so, like, you know, I was like, all right. And so within traveling, you know, all over, we found literally, like, three days in Tampa and found um, Cairo, the guy's AK, 
um, to literally make the song in two days, the music video, which doesn't really happen. And so we made this video and, and long story short, I dropped the video yesterday and people are like freaking out. And I, I didn't expect as much positivity and support and like people think I'm genuinely good than I thought because like, you know, that the, my old program is like, you're not good. You know, you're not good. You suck. Like, you know, your, your music's not going to be worth it. That's like a limiting belief, but I've gotten to the space of that. It's all additional. And so when I dropped this song, you know, if I just view this as an all, all additional, I don't have any intent of like, oh, I want this to get this amount of likes and this, like, that's just going to kill me. And right. so I'm in this very liberating space of like, dude, it's, I'm going to drop it and people like it. They people, people like it. If they don't like it, they don't like it. Music's an opinionated sport, right? So I'm, I'm good. I'm chilling. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. That's awesome. And what, uh, can you bring to context what the song talks about? I know you briefly said Suicide Awareness Month, but you know, can yeah. you briefly talk about, you know, you brought up the nine-year-old who hung himself into a noose and kind of that, but more in depth of, you know, what drove the song? Yeah, so what drove the song is basically you have a kid who's going through the motions of life, right? Works his job that he's not really happy with. And through social media, he sees this girl that, you know, he, he has a connection to and he sees that she's with her boyfriend and always having these positive moments on Instagram and at the beach and with their friends while he's, you know, scrubbing toilets at a house trying to make money, um, thinking, you know, that her life's so perfect. And then there's a cut scene where it's the first taste it's a cut scene and he opens the door. It was her. And he's like, Oh my God, you know, I follow you on Instagram. And she's like, yeah, she's in the rain and she's handing out dog walking flyers for her business. And that's his first taste of like, Oh, Oh my God, her life's not perfect. Like it's life's not what it, what it seems for what I, you know, what I thought. And so that's his first taste of like, wow, like, you know, it's not all you see. Um, and then, you know, he's going through some things. He finds a gun and, um, you know, ends up, you know, trying to take his life off a bridge and it, he was talked down by a state trooper and the state trooper that we actually got in the video is the actual state trooper that has saved over 38 lives of people trying to jump off that bridge in Florida. Wow. And so that was pretty special that we had the, we had him in there. And, um, but, he, uh, you know, through the, through the song, it, it shows that that girl is not as happy as it seems and just, you know, capturing the moments and, and all the BS that comes with social media, because trust me, there's a lot of good, but there's a lot of bad. And so that kind of drives the point home and me talking about, you know, like no legs, one arm, I got everything, you know, and as in thing, I mean the mindset. And so people are like, oh my God, you know, if they could see me, like, look at this kid, the way he's operating and, and why, why is he happier than me? Or why is he doing this and showing them that I focus on developing my character. I focus on developing my mindset rather than focusing on my, my exo core, right. My physical body. Um, and so just showing people like subconsciously, like through some words, like being a wizard is just like, yo, like the way you look at life, it determines your quality of your life. And, th and that's about it. You know, like the, the, the lens you see life through, we can see everything in negative or we can see everything in positive and, and, and it's a choice. And so once we create that choice that we're going to see the positive in everything, then we come, you know, start becoming the victor. I love that. And you know, I didn't, uh, I specifically didn't intro you, uh, by telling the, the audience or the listeners um, what I would consider your superpower, which is who yeah. you are today and how you were yeah. born and how you view life. Because I'm sure time and time again, it, it's, you know, that word disability. Um, and I learned that from you listening to you, that it's something that we put on ourselves. That yeah, the mindset of how you view it. So can, for people that don't know Nick Santanastas and what he was born with, can you touch on that? Um, yeah. and, and then we'll kind of lead into your childhood and your parents and, you know, where you are with your mindset on that. Yeah. So, um, I'm 23. Um, in 1996, I was, you know, classified out of the womb in with a uh, hand heart syndrome. And so basically, you know, they saw in LA ultrasound that my limbs weren't being developed at the time with the, you know, the, the medical knowledge that they had, they said I had cleft palate. They said that, you know, my organs might not be 100% healthy. And so basically, they gave me about a 30% chance to live. And so when I was born, um, it was only my limbs affected. So I was born with no legs and one arm. And uh, all my organs came back 100% healthy. So I beat that 30% chance odds. Um, and then from there, you know, my, my parents, uh, you know, as parents, we, we start the programming, basically, like, you know, we cultivate our kids mindsets, through our actions, through our words, the way we react to situations. And, you know, my parents, they treated me super normal. That was their superpower, right? You know, they always tell me, Nick, we didn't do much. And that's the thing. You didn't do much. You didn't, you didn't coddle me. You didn't handicap me. You didn't, you know, 
not let me fall on my face and live valuable life lessons that, you know, I would have got smacked in the face with reality if they never were normal to me. And so, you know, that's basically, you know, what I was born with. And like I said, I can't sit here and say that my childhood was, you know, any different, you know, it was just like they, they treated me normal and they, they put me on a chair and told me to get off or they gave me my clothes and said, figure it out. Like, it was just like, yo, the world's not going to adapt to you. You got to adapt to the world and you got to figure out how to do things your way. And, you know, my dad had that breakthrough of realizing like, if I make, if I make home, if I make this place he calls home so easy and adaptable for him, I'm only handicapping him because he's going to go out in the real world where everything's not adapted for people like him. And so that was their big breakthrough. I love that. And for growing up in, in, in your childhood, what, what was that like? Your, your parents, you briefly spoke about it now that your parents kind of told you to figure it out. And I believe that is something that make you, what makes you so great now is that you never take no. Like there's never a no, it's figuring out a way to make it make it a way that it'll work for you in any way um what has been something that you know when you were growing up a challenge that you faced that was you know people were constantly telling you no um and you were able to figure out an answer to that yeah man um a bunch of things in life life. what besides your whole life right because that's (laughs) the whole thing everything and no one knew how to handle it you're one of four people in the world with that um, and I, I just think, you know, telling a story is a true testament to like how resilient you are. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like even, even as a kid, like wiffle ball, you know, like, um, you know, they they were always playing games in the yard and, you know, I figured out a way to, you know, pick a bat up and hold it with my chin and my other arm and swing and like hit the ball. And, um, you know, that, that's just like a small example. And then, you know, getting into, getting into school, you know, the one thing is like wrestling, like I wanted to become a wrestler. And, you know, so many people were like, dude, like, that's not the move, like, you're gonna get your butt kicked out there. And um, I don't think it's a good idea. And, you know, for me, it was just like, I never wanted people to hold back on me. And I, oh, I'm competitive. And so I want if I'm gonna get my butt kicked, like I'm gonna get my butt kicked one v one in front of this under the spotlight in front of everyone. Um, and so you know, the wrestling thing, people were like, I don't know if that's going to work. I don't know if you're going to become a wrestler. And, you know, I made the, the choice to amputate my arm because it was, I was in such physical pain. I couldn't do, you know, physical activities with it. And so I made the decision within myself to amputate my arm, to go ahead and wrestle. And I knew that, you know, wrestling would just make me feel uh, more normal, you know, like more normal in a good way that I'd be with my friends and that I'd be labeled as an athlete. And, you know, I'd be out there you know, doing this physical sport that I took pride in because, you know, my brother, was, I looked up to my brother, he was a wrestler. Um, in New Jersey, wrestling's a big deal. And so, you know, there was so much noise on the outside, but literally I was just doing this for me, for the inside, you know, building my armor, building my, my confidence and, you know, committing to something and following through. And um, I think that's what has built me into the man I am today is like, I've literally always had in my head, I've always had these visions of how I was going to do something and I've done it like in the, in the least cocky way, like every vision that I had, everything that I saw, I followed through on. And I think that that is what is continuously built me because, you know, I talk about the whole self-integrity thing is like every time we commit to something and we don't follow through, we diminish ourselves. Um, whether we diminish our confidence, whether we diminish our self-integrity, our work ethic, whatever it is, like every time you commit to something that you, you want this, you want this. And then you're just like, you know how it goes, like shit happens and, and you don't, you fall off the bandwagon. Like, you degrade yourself. And so I think through, you know, committing to wrestling and committing to bodybuilding and seeking through these visions that I truly had for myself, that's how I built this monster because like I'm at the point in life where like, dude, I'm, I'm just like, I can do anything I want. Like I'm learning how to DJ. Like I'm just going to DJ. Like why not? Um, you know, and, and doing the music. I'm just like, why not? And, and I think it's, it's also, like I said in the beginning, it's liberating when you're doing something just because you know that it makes your soul like vibrate, you know, it, it makes you feel good on the inside and that it's all additional. Like when you release your work, whether you're, you're an artist or a videographer or whatever it is, or whether you're a podcast, like whatever it is, like if you just know that like it's all additional, if this helps one person, then I, I want, you know, or, you know, if someone has a breakthrough or sees life differently, then, you know, I won. And, and, and in that way you can't lose because I think, you know, a lot of us, whether we're influencers, whether you're a rapper or a DJ, like you have this pressure of like, man, I need to, 
I need to post something even better and even better and even better. You fall into that pit when I think there there's probably a small, small percentage of artists that just like, man, I'm gonna keep doing my work. And you know, if people rock with it, they rock with it. Like Russ, like, you know, he's just like, he's a perfect example of like, just, I'm gonna just post a million songs and you know, people may not like them now, but one point in, in, in time, people are going to see this whole independent catalog that I put together. And now he's this, the, the most massive independent artist who sells out stadiums on his own, like by himself, like no, no, you know, no record labels. No, you know, it's crazy. It's wild. Right. Talking about stadiums and, and arenas. I know that's surreal. When we spent time in St. Louis, I remember like it was yesterday, you spoke about how one of your goals in 10 years from now was to speak on stage with Tony Robbins. And you're, you're doing that today. And that was less than 12 months ago. And yeah. it, it, it's surreal to hear it and then witness it, you know, you, seeing these videos of you with him now all over the globe. Um, what is the process behind you prepping yourself to go on stage? Yeah, great, great question. Um, so let me take you, let me take you through some things that, you know, people don't really get to hear. So I went to Singapore. So this past tour, um, I I haven't been home. It was like a three week or four week tour. So I went to, I flew to Singapore to speak, um, with Tony and then vacation in Bali, then met him in Australia again for his, his next event. And so in Singapore or actually in Texas, a couple weeks ago, Texas was my first event with Tony. And I was only, I was just getting introed into the scene. So I spoke, I was only speaking on day four. Um, this is a day where Tony, Tony's not there. He basically finishes day three. Um, but I spoke on day four and, and um, I, met, I came out, I was already, I was working with their team on the content. So like what I say is congruent with what, you know, what's going on that day. And I came out and it was, it was a big, big ass stadium. And I came out and I was like, I was kind of like shook a little bit and I don't get shook, you know, like, but I was, I was shook. No one knew I was shook. You know, um, the only people that knew I was shook were the people that know me and who were analyzing me. Um, and so my energy was all over for the first, you know, couple, couple seconds or, or a couple minutes, my energy was all over, but then I, you know, I got back into my flow state and, um, you know, we, when we step out onto like a bigger stage than what we're normal, like we, in, in that moment, like you level up. In that moment, like um, it, it becomes more you, and you know maybe backstage, you know I was thinking like, oh, sh- you know this is Tony Robbins stage, like this is the most credible stage. Like I just had maybe my nerves, maybe got a little bit in the way, but not too much. It didn't affect you know it much. Um, but anyway, so I went through Texas, I did that, and then they're like, all right, we want you on, we want you on day one when Tony's you know speaking, um, and day four, and so I went to Singapore. And so Singapore, I knew going into that, that there was a little bit of a language barrier. I was already, I was already analyzing the way Tony talked. And when he said jokes, you know, there was kind of like a pause because they're getting translated. Um, and so I came out, Singapore loved it. And then dude, in Australia, um, day one, Tony, Tony looked way good health wise. So he went over time. So I didn't speak day one. Um, so, but, and I came down with a cold and then I finally, you know, day four, I was like a hundred percent on health. And I remember I was backstage and, um, you know, I'm climbing up the stairs and I told the, I told the team, I said, I'd rather climb up these stairs sooner than later. So let me know when I could just sit up, sit up on backstage. Like you can go now. And so I'm sitting, I'm sitting backstage and like, right, right, like I just have to open the curtains and like walk out, you know, that's all I got to do. And I remember sitting there and, you know, I'm like, you make my move. I, you know, I always hit my chest, get in my state. And, and I remember such a, such a calmness, bro. Like usually like, you don't always get butterflies. You know, I always say butterflies is a reminder that I'm alive and I'm right where I need to be. But like, I had this calmness in me of like, um, you know, what I've realized is like, when I go out on stage, like it's not me anymore. Like I get channeled, it's channeled, bro. Like I get channeled from the higher power, whatever you think the higher power is. Like I'm just the, the source. I'm just like the, the puppet basically. And I just go get channeled and whatever flows through my mouth is just flowing through my mouth. And so, you know, be, I was backstage and I was like, you know, I said to myself, I'm like, bro, this, this is you. Like, this is, this is you. It's as you, like, this is who you are. And, um, I'm going to go out there and just channel, channel my higher power. And so, you know, I went out there and I destroyed this place. Like, um, I'll send you videos after this, like destroyed this place. And, you know, I, I came off stage and, the people, the people that, you know, are working with me through my speech, 
they were like, dude, like with more F words and stuff. They're like, dude, like just, you just keep doing that. Like that was perfect. Like I have, I have no, she's like, I don't know what just happened. Um, and she's like, you must've, you must've been, and this is the thing. She was like, you must've been, you know, prepping so much. And in my head, I was like, no, like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't prep. Like, like I, I knew my speech, it's my story. Right. But I wasn't like always rehearsing it and stuff. Like I just let go. And I realized like, yo, whatever flows, like it's going to work, you know, like whatever channel, like trusting the higher channel, like the higher power that it's going to channel. And that's, what's called flow state. You know, like, have you ever had times where you just like did something amazing and don't know where it came from? And you're like, dude, that was me. 100%, yeah. I've had those moments a hundred percent. I've never like spoken to you about this, but you have this sense of presence about you. That's so strong when you come into a room and it's just by listening to you because you're so empowered and you're so in tune with yourself. And I think that's just so special because a lot of people and including myself where I'm still, you know, going through my motions of figuring out who I am and what I see I can be and what, you know, what I determine is not for me. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to lead into the next thing, which is how you became uh, into fitness and, you know, had your, you know, became a model. Where did that yeah. all stem from? Was that, was that something self-imposed where you, you know, that was a goal that you set for yourself or was that something that people were saying you couldn't? So you're that, you're, I know you that you're that type of guy where it's like, <laughs> yeah. prove them wrong and show them what's up. Where did that come from? Being the, yeah, the so I, I think, I think my whole life, I, I think my whole life, like subconsciously, I wanted to be in shape, but didn't think, didn't know how, didn't think I could. And then when, you know, I came off the pranking, the whole pranking thing, you know, I gained over a million followers for pranking and I realized like, this doesn't suffice. correct? Yeah. I was like, this doesn't fulfill me anymore. And, um, and people are like correlating me with a joke, you know, people aren't taking me serious because like I'm a prankster, which is, which is, is how it's supposed to go. And, um, so, you know, I went out to LA, I, I went broke and I came back and I was like, all right, like what's next? Um, and I was looking at the fitness industry and I'm like, all right, well, there's no guy with no legs and one arm doing this. If, if yeah. I do this to my, my, my full ability, my full potential, like, people are going to catch on. It's going to blow their minds. And then I was like, that can also help me tie in and create some speaking content because um, you can't buy a fit body, you know, like it would be so legit. And, you know, dude, I, I posted my first fitness video and no idea what I'm doing. You know, I, I remember the videos like side raises and I'm like, like, just like, it was terrible. And people are like, dude, what are you doing? Like, this is stupid. Like, we like you for your pranks. Like I'm unfollowing, like all these things. And, um, you know, I had this vision, I had this vision in my head, bro, of like, one day, like, I'm gonna be, you know, on a beach in California, like shredded, like shooting with a beautiful girl for like some, you know, some modeling pictures. And I was just like, just pulled by it. I always just I always paint these visions in my head to pull me. Um, and so I was like, I'm, you know, I'm gonna go around expos, and people are gonna know me for being a bodybuilder, which is like, so not me at the time. It's just like, so not me. And, um, you know, just like the thing people I would this is like the famous one is like people are always like how you can become a bodybuilder you have half a body like like let's be real and I'm like yeah you're right but like this part of my body will be more shredded than your whole entire body you know like I'm just going to use it as fuel and so I started lifting and the thing with the thing with fitness bro is like your transformation isn't quick and so I was like you know I need to really like this really needs to happen um or people aren't going to believe it so it's going to take me some time like it can't happen overnight and so, you know, I just continuously post these videos and, you know, at, at one point I was paying, uh, I was paying an Instagram account. It was, it's the top bodybuilding account on Instagram. I was paying them $400, a, $400 for a post wow. on their main page. I remember they were taking my money for $400 a post. Um, and I knew that if I could just get out there in front of people that people would follow because it's crazy, it's never been done. And so literally like I didn't have $400 to give, but I was, I was in my parents' basement, literally paying $400 every month. Um, I would, I would, that's what I, I'd get like one post a month. That was, I had one post a month, enough money for, to pay one post a month. And, um, I was gaining my bodybuilding following that way. And then, you know, I, I got to the point where I had such, I had a, a base of an audience that when I posted, you know, it's more likely to go viral or more likely to get shared. And so, you know, I just, I just like, I, like dude I committed like I committed to the bodybuilding journey and you know I the diet and everything and learning about it learning about lifting and nutrition I had such great friends that were helping me you know learn more about lifting and um people caught on and then I realized like oh oh my god I did it like you know like 
even to this day, you know, people know me for a lot of things, but it's cool when people are like, dude, like, I love your bodybuilding videos. And you wouldn't expect Nick, you know, no legs and one arm to be classified as a bodybuilder. I, at least I wouldn't when I was a young kid. Um, and so it's cool that like you can shift your identity. Like you can literally just shift your identity and, and have people know you for something different. You know, like I didn't, I, I, I didn't like anymore when people were like, Oh, I love your zombie pranks. Like even now, like it's funny people come up and be like, Oh, you're that zombie prank guy. I'm like, dude, have you not seen the evolution? Like I've done so many more amazing things. Like <laughs> I'm talking on the stage of Tony yeah, Rob. Come on. You know, <laughs> it's funny though, because like there's a generation that only knows me as that zombie prank guy and it's a younger generation, which is fine. And then there's people of like, dude, I know you for speaking. And then, dude, I know you for, you know, your, your song. That's, that's going to be pretty cool when people are like, oh, dude, I heard your song. Like, that's going to blow my mind. Um, and that's the power of like shifting your identity and just like focusing on something that you want. Um, you know, bodybuilding, I, I obsessed over it. You know, like it was, it was my life. Like there was no way I could have had the transformation I had if I did it like half-ass or if I just like was kind of working out or I was kind of had a diet. Like, no, it's like it's, I'm on all the time. Um, and so that's, that's how the bodybuilding thing, um, came into play. And with the modeling, um, I remember taking, taking, um, I had a, a, a white backdrop in my basement and I, and I paid my cousin to come take uh, pictures of me. And I, you know, I'd have a, a couple, a couple of outfits and he'd iron them for me. And I'd take these pictures in my, in my basement. And I was like, I'm going to post these on Instagram and like start claiming I'm a model. <laughs> and, um, and so I started doing that and, you know, I, I, I'm a big believer in like share, like share your dreams with people because you'll never know who's in the audience. So you'll never know who's right in front of you. And I was literally like four months into um, my speaking career. Ratmir got me booked on uh, an event. It was a, it was a, like an insurance company, but Gary V was headlining it. And he was like, you're, you're going to speak on the same stage as Gary. Um, and so I spoke at this event and I remember it was, definitely wasn't like a very it was it was a great speech but not who I am now it's like you know like I look back at the evolution of speaking but at the end of my speech I told people I was like hey like you know I speak and one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to become a model you know I'm going to become a model and and you know break into that industry and I literally got off stage and I came backstage and there was a couple waiting for me which are now great friends of ours and they were like hey um we do this thing called fashion passport we have new york fashion week magazine we want you to give you the cover and we want you to fly out to Alaska to shoot for the cover and speak to our model kids. <laughs> like what? Like, you know, like, and that's the power of like, you know, don't just speak your dreams into existence, like to yourself, like go tell the world what you want. Like go tell the world all the, all your, all your ambitions and all your goals, because you never know who's out there. It only takes like, like Ed Milet says, you're one person, you're one conversation, you're one email, you're one getting in front of someone to literally change the course of your life. And if you believe that, then you'll be more motivated to share your dreams and your ambitions because like, you know, they're, they're like, we're all buzzing off a certain frequency and some people's frequency are lower than others because what are their positive thinking, whatever it may be, or the way they operate. And I'm just always like, you are more likely to see opportunities, networks, resources when you are, when you're constantly, you know, buzzing on a certain frequency and putting out good, but also telling people like, like, con like clear on what you want, like have a clear vision of what you want. And what you want to go after like right now as we're doing this interview playing in my head like i see myself on stage like in a, in a rap concert like that's that's what what flashed into my head and then you know i'm rocking and people are, are going wild over you know me being a rapper it's just like the next the next vision for me you know the the next image for me and you know seeing seeing me out on stages like I, I i go to rap concerts like go 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 live in the environment like i go i go i go to rap concerts and i analyze like what they're doing with the crowd and i'm like man if that rapper had speaking skills like i imagine how even more powerful you know he can move the audience and you know i'm always analyzing and being a student of the game and seeing how other people operate and it's just like dude having a vision that pulls you and and having a why and you know, the, the how is important, but like if your why is big enough, the how will always reveal itself. You just have to have a big enough, um, you know, a big enough why. Like, why are you doing what you're doing? And I think not only the majority of human beings, but entrepreneurs, we're, we're working and we have no idea why. Like, we're, we're all lost. Like, we, we have no idea why. And so if you can, if you can show people their why or, or show them how to attain their why or to start focusing on like what's your why that's so empowering because you're giving them the roadmap we're all working and we don't really have a destination we're just kind of like working we don't know why running on a treadmill that's yeah what I yeah bro i love thinking of that how 
when I tell people it took me a while that if I don't have the goal written down, it's equivalent to you jumping on the treadmill, working really hard, sprinting at 12 miles per hour. But the moment you decide to stop, you're still in the same place. Um, there's something that you touch on all the time. And I want my viewers and listeners to really take this in on the concept of the, the biggest thing for you, which is how you describe the biggest disability is a bad mindset. Can you yeah. That and you know where where that stems from of your views and you know your value on that yeah you know i think i think over the course of time and you know through through whether that's meet and greets and messages and dms and comments like people are always just like man like i see you and and all my excuses get shitted on you know like i i see you and and i i wonder why i can't do the things I want to do. And like, it, it clicked to me, like, you know, everybody has everything inside of them. You know, everybody has that fire or that beast that just needs to be awakened. Um, but like the biggest and baddest people are crippled and handicapped by limiting beliefs. Like we all have limiting beliefs. And these are the things that, um, you know, maybe it was from our childhood, maybe it was from past programming, or maybe it's self-induced, but we all have things that, that we tell ourselves that, um, you know, I'm, I don't deserve this. That is the biggest one for people. Uh, I'm not worthy or I'm not enough or, you know, I don't have the resources. I don't have the knowledge. I'm too young. I'm too old. Like these are all things that literally stop people from achieving whatever they want um, because they tell themselves that. And so, you know, I realized that, you know, going, you know, going to Tony and stuff, I, like this is through the accumulation of learning from all these different people is like everybody has limiting beliefs. And, you know, if we've worked if we work through them, if we work through them and shatter our limiting beliefs and start reprogramming ourselves with positive incantations and, and, and positive programming and fully believing in ourselves, um, that like, that's how I was able to do this stuff because like, dude, the, the journey, the journey of being a bodybuilder was like long and like shitty. Like if I didn't really believe in myself, like I would have, I would have fell off. Like, does that make sense? Like I would have like just gave up. And so like, I've realized through analyzing my life is like, the reason why I got to where I am is because I, I be, actually, I believed in it. Like so many people like would hear my goals and be like, dude, that's, that's crazy. Like you're, 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 you're wild. Like that's not going to happen. And I was that weird dude that like, was like, what do you mean? It's not going to happen. Like, all right, I got it. Like, what do you mean? And that was coming from like, like self-belief. And so, you know, I, I have this line, I have this line that I was, I was working on um, that says, you see me on the street, you say, oh, he's disabled. But when we compare mindsets, now I'm the one who's able. Ooh. And it's just like, yeah, Ooh. like, it's just like, bro, like, it's all about your operating system. Like, and, and I was confused growing up. So many people were like, you're so amazing. And you're so inspirational. And you have such a hard life. I don't know how you do it. And dude, I don't view my life as hard. That's what like always freaked me out. I'm like, dude, what do you mean? Like, I, I get the no, whole no, no legs, one, no legs, one arm thing. But like, dude, I'm good. Like, I always was confused why people like, get, like, oh, you're like, yeah, you say, you know, like, I was so confused because I'm like, I'm good. And that's the power of the, like, the mindset. It's the way you view life. And, and like, literally every day I could wake up and be like, oh, man, I have no legs and one arm and I can't play soccer. Well, yeah, you're focusing on the one thing that you suck at or you can't do. You know, like, if, if I was, you know, focus on the fact that I can't be a professional soccer player, I'd be very depressed. And so, you know, our mind, our mind is, is, it's a 2000 year old system, bro. And it's a 2000 year old computer system. And it's designed to, to keep you away from, you know, saber tooth tigers. It's designed to protect you. And so in a day and age where there's no saber tooth tigers to kill us, our biggest fears or our biggest disabilities is like, what will people think of me if I go and do what I love? Or what will people think of me if I fail? What will I think of myself if I fail? Like all these things it's designed to be negative and that's why we need to become self-aware. We need to wake up and catch our thoughts. We need to catch our patterns. We need to catch our triggers um, and literally redesign your, your, your computer system because it needs to be updated. Maybe you are living off a blueprint that just needs to be updated. And so that's what I'm honing in is like the mindset, the mindset, the mindset, you know, people want the people want fulfillment. People want abundance. People want financial freedom, but you, they don't want to, they don't want to hear that it's mindset. And so you sell people on what they want to hear. And then when they, when you get in their course or when you get in, in your, in your educational programs, you bring it back to mindset because that is, that is the, the base of all of it is like your operating system. And, you know, I, I start looking at, 
I'm very weird. I start like I just look at life as a game now, bro. Like this is a this is a, this is a game, and the majority of people are sleeping in the robots, and they're going through life, and it really it's really scary. And so like I just look at like you know people like Tony Robbins and people like myself and these people that are putting you know awakening messages is like they're just trying to get people out of this trance. Just trying to get people out of this trance that we live in and 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 you know everything's trying to dumb us down and 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 dim our light when we have such you know amazing light as human beings inside of us that we can give and you know i just want to give people the tools to be more empowered and and to realize like man i have i have everything in me you know like I, my creator's in me whatever my creator is it's in me and it's 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 cared enough it's cared enough for me to give me the 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 gift of life and i'm here for a purpose and so it's just like, dude, wakening people up out of this, you know, simulation, this, uh, you know, this matrix we live in, because like, it's like the quote, like the, the man or the woman that says she can't is, is as right as the man or woman that says he can. Like, it's like, dude, it's like your thoughts control everything. Like you control your reality. And once people realize that, like, boom, empowering, liberating. Changes everything. I was, it was about two weeks ago. I was, I have a friend of mine who lives in New York city who every now and then will let me crash on his couch. If I have a long night here because I live 30 minutes outside of the city and I woke up one morning and there's bikes along the West side highway, city bikes. And so I was watching, there's this ferry that comes from New Jersey of people. And I stood there for like five minutes and I just stared at the people head down in their suits, in their outfits. And just the thought process, how you said the matrix of looking at that gave me so much anxiety of <laughs> yeah. that could be my life. Like these people just go through the motions, you know, wake up, go to bed, go to work, get home, eat dinner, repeat, you know, kiss the wives, good night, good morning, coffee, repeat. And how it could be so overwhelming and people could be, that could scare them of doing something outside, outside of what they know, outside of, you know, what has been told to them. And the the great thing that I love about you is that you don't is your mentality of how you view life and what you're able, you know, to comprehend and take it in and view that, you know, this is not these aren't roadblocks, these are walls that you're meant to break through and that you're meant for more. And I, I think that's mm -hmm. the like consistent thing of, you know, you being an author, you being a model, you know, you now wanting to be a rapper, you know, saying that it's not why is he doing it? It's like when will he do it? I think is the real yeah. out, right. You know, yeah. it's something that's so cool is uh, I, when we were together in St. Louis, you're like, I, I can't remember the state, but you're like, yeah, I'm about to go snowboarding. And I was like, wait, what? And yeah. you know, someone had made a custom snowboard for you, for you to do snowboarding. And that just another added on of you just saying like, why can't I do this? How can I do it? You know, yeah. why? no one is stopping you except for yourself. Um, and for me, that leads into the next question. Who or yeah, who is someone that is very influential in your life today? It's a great question. Um, I think. Let okay, I'll, I'll I'll expand on it. I don't I don't have a specific person. I'll I'll describe my ideal like avatar that would inspire me, and these are like literally the people that just like make their own lane, you know, just do their own thing, you know, like whatever it is, like they just like, they have that why not mentality, you know, like people that just try all these things um, and, and that are, that are putting good in the world and just like Russ, Russ is a perfect example. Like, dude, there's so much hate. Like it's literally like a trend to hate on Russ. And it kind of scares me because the dude is so on the frequency that we're on. And, and that means that the masses like don't connect with like people on that higher frequency. And so like Russ, like dude was releasing songs after songs for 10 years straight and, and no one like no one messed with him. And he said in his, in his latest, latest interview, you should watch this interview too with Joe Budden. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, but he's like, dude, so many people are waiting for like other people to crown them. It's like I crowned myself a long time ago, like as the as the greatest. Like I crowned myself. Like you're a bunch of bozos waiting for other people to crown you, saying you're you're good enough. He's like we're all good enough. He's like you just it's that self belief. It's that you you realizing that you can obtain it. And for someone to rap for ten years straight with nothing, like no kickback, no nothing, 
and to see where he is now of like an independent like dude he's selling out stadiums on his own like rappers don't do that like rappers need their their label rappers need you know seat fillers like dude the guy's selling out stadiums on his own um making his own business model making netting way more than any other other rappers on that are signed to labels and that like that's like the power of like building a foundation but also consistently believing in yourself like the guy was reading like Deepak Chopra books and you know like while he was you know coming like still he's still read like personal development he's always strengthened his mind and um like he just that really that really moves me because like to see someone like work for 10 years on their dream like he could have you know like you can in life like you can either just go work for someone else and like build someone else's dream or like just commit to like just trying to fulfill your own dream um whether it takes 5 years 10 years like i much rather work on something for my for myself like to build for myself and like someone else you know like i think that just like really he really he really motivates me and and drives me because like 10 years is a long time just like andy frisella andy frisella didn't make any money for like the first 10 years of business like i think he like in 10 years of business he made like $6000 or something and like that motivates that puts me on my ass and humbles me at times when i'm like oh i'm not making enough money and it's just like dude you're so new into business and you're like being an entrepreneur like you should go like like shut up like you know like it's 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 long term and you know ed milet too ed milet is an amazing human being um and talks about like you know sacrifice now for long for the that long term fulfillment like sacrifice now for that the long term gain you know the long term gain of living the life on your terms um but it's just building that foundation that like you know is a super hard part that i don't think is meant meant for um everyone like i don't like everyone not everyone's supposed to be an entrepreneur not everyone's supposed to be um you know doing things like some people's form of you know fulfillment and success is like living that sturdy job and coming home and having the kids like that's fine like no one's knocking it i think there's just like there's people that have that you know that role and then there's people that you know are go the other role and and create something for themselves and then there's a massive 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 population massive population in the middle that wants to go build their own thing but they're scared and they're just like I'll follow the masses you know follow the lane i think we're when you're speaking about you know that one individual i think something that you have that's truly special is is a team and you understand that you can't do it all and at what point did you realize that and can you touch on these i i think it's so important now and i'm trying to do it myself build the team around me and i see you have it together you know with rat and don doing rat mir and don doing it together it looks like we have it together yeah i i think the the perception but the idea is that you guys are consistently all on the same wavelength so yeah. I guess touching on that of, you know, surrounding yourself with the, the right people that have the same vision as you, or maybe even more, because I believe Ratmir and Don kind of, they had that vision for you. You, you knew it, but they were like, they were positive that it was going to happen. You know, I had yeah. some conversations with them and they're like, he's going to be on stage with Tony. He's going to, you know, he's going to be all over China. You know, I think speaking about China, you know, that video you showed me, you were speaking in front of 10,000 people in China. Yeah. And you, that, that whole other world over there. Yeah, dude, it um life's weird. Like the 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 probability of me meeting Ratmir is like like way weird. And so when I met Ratmir, like literally Ratmir came from Russia and he was on the way to the the embassy to tell them or the the government to tell them that he was going to go go to college in England, not United States. And right before he got into this car, his best friend was like, "Hey, um where are you going?" and he's like oh i'm going to pick out my school like come with me if you come with me i'll grab you food and in that car ride his friend convinced him to go to america instead of england and so ratmir would have never lived in the united states i would have never met ratmir if he that that back then years ago if that that event never happened and so i met ratmir and one of the first things he said to me after i shared my story is like you're going to be on stage with tony and i was like okay bro this guy's like a little weird like he's <laughs> he's way out of there you know and uh, he worked for me for free um he's like dude he's like i'll work for you for free if if you like what i do maybe we'll start a company one day you know just like nonchalant and like look at us now um we're like the whole team thing like still like i remember in the beginning like 
I was like, thought I was, you know, I was, I was going to do everything. I remember to be fully transparent. I remember like having to like check my ego when I realized like I had to split money with people and, and what are they taking advantage of me and, and my speaking fee and, you know, like all this stuff. Like I, st I still have to check myself. Um, but once we had this team, I think it's super important. Like, rat okay, but first off, Ratmir saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And that's the power of, you know, having someone that's, you know, the, that positive group or that, that people that are on your wavelength. Like, Ratmir saw me on stage before I saw my stage, saw myself even worthy of being on stage with Tony Robbins, you know? And so I think that's powerful in itself. But um, the fact that, like, we live together and we're always together, um, we've had to work through a lot, right? Cause like living with people and separating friendship from business. But um, I think the main key for people out there that have teams or want to build teams is like um, people need to be aligned with your core values. They need to be aligned with your vision. Um, and then you need to do personality assessments on them. Like you need, they need to do personality assessments and you can see how each other operate because um, communication is everything. And we have a rule like transparent communication, like whether you're pissed off, mad, angry, sad, whatever it may be, we're going to communicate and we're going to work through it or else it's going to lead to tension and it's going to build up and someone's going to get let go or someone's going to get fired or shit's going to pop off. Right. And so um, it's just knowing, knowing your tribe and knowing how to communicate with them. And for example, like to just give you a quick example, like Ratmir knows how to communicate with me. If he, if he comes at me, if he, if I woke up to a text and he was like, you need to do this, 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 and this, I'd be triggered. I'd be like, get away from me. Like, I don't want to talk to you. But if I woke up to a text and was like, Hey bro, I think this is a good idea. If we do this, 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 and this, then I'm, then I'm going to do it. But it's all about the way he communicates with me. And so I think it's extremely important to just realize how and how people, people receive communication the best. Like how do they want to be communicated to and how do they not want to be communicated to? And don't do that. <laughs> it, I, that's so good. I think uh, the people that you surround yourself with and the personality trait and test is, is so strong because then by that you're able to level up, you know, that you can't have control of everything. And I appreciate you sh sharing the fact of like being ego check with the idea of like sharing money. Because even that's yeah. for me, I definitely face that, that idea of, I could be making a thousand dollars, but now that I have someone else here, I'm going to be dishing like 30, 40% to them. You know, obviously I would love the thousand, but then helping out, do I really need it? And it's letting that go of saying like, yeah, you do, man. You, you know, if you want to do more, you got to be able to help other people too. And it's that idea of you also serving them, right? Like yeah. you're, you're enabling Giving them, them opportunities. Yeah. You're building them up and you're, and you're pushing them. And I think you're doing that in so many different ways, man. We've been on this for a while i have the last two questions yeah yeah is where does nick see himself in six months six months um first thing come, okay so six months um back-end processes will be hopefully cleaned up so sales funnel email campaign um more providing more value um, so rather than um, not just an hour with me, you can continue your, your educational journey with me. So having more value, giving more value to people through programs on the back end. Um, DJing, um, still, still learning how to DJ. Um, as soon, like when I'm home and stuff, uh, DJing. I'll throw a party with you, DJ my party. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. Um, the, the singing and rapping, um, probably a couple, a couple more songs, not that aren't be released, but like, I want to build like an EP or I want to build an album. Um, and from there, just to doing, doing all that stuff, like all that new stuff for me, like the rapping, the DJing, um, building, taking over speaking still, always taking over speaking and just becoming the biggest and baddest I can be in speaking. Um, and then um, just doing more, doing more things that fill me up. Um, Cause you know, like you, like I view myself as a lantern and if I don't fill myself up, I can only give so much to other people. And when you're con constantly always giving and giving and giving, you can get burnt out. And so just always looking for, um, opportunities and, and, and experiences that will, will fill me up and, um, you know, make me feel good. And, um, just like always, always remembering to live in the present moment and rather not like looking for, I look forward to this, look further that rather just like, I'm looking forward to right now because that's, that's all we have. Um, and so just continuing, continuing my thing, man. Um, like I said, speaking, uh, rapping, DJing, 
you name it. I'm just going to be chuck, uh, you know, trucking away on, on all these, all these master plans, all these uh, master plans to take over the world that people may not see the uh, full vision yet, but one day they'll be like, Oh, Nick said he was going to do that. I probably should have listened to him. Yeah. He's running for president. I saw that. Happen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about that. That's a big one. I'll leave that to Dwayne Johnson. Uh, last question. If you could describe yourself in one word, what would that one word be? Yeah. Love. Just love. It's all we are. It's all we really want. It's humans. We think it's we think it's the money that will make us feel good. See, we think it's the money, we think it's the cars, we think it's the house, we think it's the watch that'll finally make us feel fulfilled, but what we're actually chasing it is emotion. We're all just chasing an emotion. It's something that I want to feel this certain way, right? Like when you achieve a goal, like you feel good, like you feel an emotion, like that's what we're chasing is, is like happiness and that emotion. And um, I think just, we're all, we're all just, we're all just love. And once we realize that we're all love and we're all connected through this energy of love and, you know, like how, how do you know when, how do you know when a baby um, is alive in the womb? Heartbeat. Yeah, the heart comes before the brain. It's got a, it's got a, it's got a mind of its own, and so, you know, we're all just, we're all just balls of love, and some people need to dig that out of them more, and some people just kick it away, and um, I just know that I'm going to love and I'm going to give as much as I can while I'm on this rock floating around in the middle of nothingness, and we have no idea what's going on. I love you, man. You're, you're. Absolutely <laughs> so love you too, brother. For your time and you know, jumping on this. And I know we'll talk a little more after when I close this off, but where can people find you? What, what's the best social outlets and, uh, yeah. Connect with you? Best way, um, probably Instagram and Facebook and YouTube right now. Um, so if you type in my full name, Nick Santa Sasso, I dropped my full music video on there. Um, but Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and then eventually coming to all your streaming platforms, Apple music, Spotify, all that stuff. You're going to see, um, my rap name Santo because my last name's way too long. Santa Nastasso. No one would ever be able to announce that at a rap concert. So I'm just gonna leave it to Santo. I love it, man. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you for everyone listening. 